1: Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in him is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only
0: one in your camp with cheese. You pay for
1: everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. nice. no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like
2: them camp in the sky. Grand Rising, everybody. Good morning to all y'all out there. Welcome to the day with It is a warm Wednesday out here. I always love to point up there where the sun is coming in. I just want to thank you all for watching. And we got a jam-packed show for you guys today. I'm so excited because, of course, we're going to be hearing from our guy, Brian Callanan, because, of course, it's Wednesday. That means tonight, Seattle News, Views and Brews will be right here on Converge Media. So we got to tap in to see what Brian and David are going to be up to tonight. Also, we got Isaiah Anderson and Michelle Lang Raymond in the building, y'all. Of course, y'all know they are the owners of Axel on Stage. And Axel on Stage is doing the Teen Summer Musical, as always. So we get to hear about that story. It seems like it's the greatest story ever wove. And also, we get to bring on some performers from the Teen Summer Musical, y'all. So when I tell y'all, you in a you in for a treat today, I mean it. So I'm so glad they were able to make it work with their busy schedule. and. I got to get started right now at the top of the show. But of course, it is the top of the show. So it's a great time for you to tag and share the stream. Please tag and share the stream with people that you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on the day with Trey. Also, if you cannot watch our show, don't worry. We got y'all covered. You guys can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast by searching Converge Media Network. So if you can't watch, you can listen to me, y'all. No problem. I'm on all the platforms for y'all. It looks like over 200 podcast platforms. So whichever one is your favorite, you guys can find me, the day with Trey right there. And I want to thanks to send a thanks to all of our listeners because We're getting people from all over the world listening to our shows here at Converge, so thank you guys for listening. always want to give you guys a huge shout out. Now, one news story before I tap in with Brian. Looks like King County Elections is having to put their foot down. Apparently, there's some signs up that are trying to dissuade voters from putting their ballots in, and we can't have that here in the Pacific Northwest and definitely not in King County. We have one of the most solid voting systems in the country. So King County Elections is really putting all these folks on notice. They are removing all of that. Looks like they're removing invalid ballot boxes. Uh, DQ is going to put the link to this story right there in the comments so you guys can learn more. But I just want to send a huge shout out to Director Julie Wise over there who's making sure that they stay on top of this because as these elections come out we need to be the ones really casting our vote for those who are going to be representing us. This is a very important an election, y'all. Do not sleep on this. Make sure you got your your ballot out there. I did just get my booklet and everything. I'm staying on it. I got to figure out who's trying to represent me out in federal way. So find your local candidate and find the one that really matches with your lived values, your shared experiences, and shared principles. So I just want to say thank you to King County Elections for keeping our vote uh, on the positive note. Now, You guys know I really appreciate when Brian gets to stop in here to the day with Trey. Brian Callanan from the Seattle Channel and, of course, Converge's own Seattle News, Views and Brews, joins me right now to tell us all about what's going on tonight. What's up, Brian?
3: Hey, good to see you, Trey, on this warm day. we got a lot going on tonight. I wanted to talk about a few things and also something that's happening right now for the Seattle City Council that we didn't cover in the show but is really important. We're talking about our top story is talking about something the City Council did this week and it's actually setting up a system such that the chief of police of the Seattle Police Department can be be investigated for complaints. There isn't a current complaint right now. This actually dates back to the CHOP from a couple of years ago. And as you know, thousands of complaints came in about police misconduct. There were three of them that named the chief in particular. And they had to do with uh, using tear gas when tear gas was banned by the city council. They had to do with some misinformation that was given out. However, at the time, It was a bit of a fumble on the part of the city because the Office of Police Accountability said, well, uh, investigating the chief, that's not really our purview. The Office of the Inspector General said, well, it's not really us either. And then Mayor Durkin, and this is where it gets a little murky in terms of what some people are saying, a bit of a he said, she said. Mayor Durkin should have at that point, Mayor Harrell is saying now, Mayor Durkin should have handed this off to an independent investigator. But at the time, the mayor's office said, nope, that's not our job either. So basically, we have three uh, we have three complaints that basically fell through the cracks here. So there's a concern on behalf of the city council with regard to this. And what they did this week was they actually passed some new regulations such that it's a lot easier to actually get these investigations happening when the police, uh, when the chief of police is actually named. It's one of those interesting things where I know a lot of different fallout happened from the CHOP. And we've heard about a few different lawsuits actually filed this week with concerns about it. I think there's a lot of concern about liability on behalf of the city. I get that. But when it comes to actually taking responsibility for these complaints, that needs to happen. And and that's what the council is talking about this week.
2: Brian, this is really interesting because you would think Mm -hmm. that there would be something put in place to really hold the top. Yeah officer accountable Mm -hmm. that is going to be the chief so i'm glad that there's some talk going on here it's one of those things where you're like really There was nothing put in place here we are in 2022 it's still astounding to me Mm -hmm. that that's really where we're at what else is going on tonight
3: we're talking about a number of different things including the safe starts program so this is something that the city started up in 2020 when the pandemic was really hitting hard and a number of restaurants were allowed to have their spaces go out onto the sidewalk or even into the street in some cases for outdoor cafes some merchants were able to do it too with their merchandise So what the city's trying to do now is transition that into everyday life. How do we do this in the future? How do we do this next year and in the years ahead? So they're talking about trying to set this up because everybody has been pretty supportive of these uh, generally, but they're trying to set this up in such a way that uh, these restaurants can have these different storefronts, but they also have to make sure they're giving enough access for people to get through in wheelchairs, et cetera. They can't block off the sidewalk. That's happened in a few cases. They can't take away too many parking places. There's always a little bit of a balance there. And also, they want to make sure going forward that this is a sustainable uh, program that they're putting forward. So they're talking about instituting fees of some kind next year to make sure the city can keep it up and keep their investigations going when there might be something going wrong with these different things. So what the city's trying to do is balance this. And they want to do it with equity. They're trying to make sure that with the fee structure that they set in place, they're not pushing people out but it is something the city's talking about. They want it to happen into the future and they're trying to sustain this program coming out of the pandemic. It's not easy to find that balance sometimes. Well,
2: you know, this this is one where it's like, okay, you know, we understand that this is a benefit to many businesses, Mm -hmm. but also it's a benefit to our entire city. That's true. I think it's also a model that other cities throughout the county and the state need to really take, you know, a closer look at because we're talking about safety. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we have found about COVID is that when we are in enclosed spaces and oftentimes some bars and restaurants, man, yep. they get pretty tight, yep, yep, right? Yep. The idea is that these spaces were really relieving that overflow, allowing businesses to continue to thrive, mm-hmm. but also thinking about the outdoors being a better place in general yeah. when we're talking about us living in this pandemic. So yeah. I do think there's going to need to be something where it's more sustainable, yeah. but it becomes a part of our everyday life. Yep. I-, I like that there are looking at this but I also think that it you know it behooves any city yeah. to be looking at what they can do in terms of yep. COVID adjustments and this yep. is just one of them yep. what else is going on
3: I just wanted to talk about one more thing that was happening with the Finance and Housing today uh, Finance and Housing Committee for the council I've done a few stories on this with the Seattle Channel and it's specific to cannabis equity so the Finance and Housing Committee is looking at this and this is a big issue Trey I think we've talked about this a little bit before but they're looking at different ways to make sure the cannabis industry which is a multi-billion dollar industry in the state, and specifically in Seattle, it's a big one. They want to make sure that people of color are actually getting involved in owning these businesses. Doesn't really happen on a statewide level here. Seattle's been concerned about this for a while. The state has too, but I think we all know that when that door opened with 502, there so many people jumped in. It was a bit of a gold rush. And a lot of people that might have been involved in the medical marijuana industry or as people of color in, in that industry, they got pushed out. And so the city's trying to find some different ways to at least create some pathways such that people of color can start owning these businesses because ownership is the way to do it. I talked with Sean Kemp a little while ago because he opened that shop near Seattle Center there. He's a partial owner in that. But what the city's trying to do is create more avenues through which that can happen. And equity can be more the name of the game when it comes to the cannabis industry.
2: You know, this is one that hits close to home for me, Brian. As you know, I've been involved in cannabis equity for a couple of years, at least now. And I know this has been a serious effort by so many for many years. Um, The thing is, is that this is a really a double edged sword here, Mm -hmm. Brian, because we're talking not only are there measures to provide equity, but you also are getting a bunch of pushback from current retail owners, yep. right? They are lobbying heavy. And that's what we've seen happen in the last legislative session yeah. was that there was a bunch of pushback from those owners saying, well, I don't know if this will be beneficial to the black community. Oh, and the, the, the whole question was, well, is it beneficial to your community for mm-hmm. you to own and to bring millions of dollars into your community and millions of dollars <laughs> to your family? Right. Is that not benefiting you, right? Yeah. The, the idea is that what they came with was so ridiculous yeah. and yet we were also suffering from you know a, a legislative body that wasn't really to make really willing to make that bold step yeah. toward equity in our at a state level so this is something i was just talking about with a state representative not too long ago yeah. who's involved in the legislature and one of the things that i see there and it, it, from just my perspective mm-hmm. is there's always there always needs to be a balancing act when you're trying to pr- pass progressive legislation right? Because you have a whole legislative body that is sitting there like tight. Mm-hmm. They're they're oh, yeah. used to the status quo. Yep. They work in the status quo, and they're comfortable there. Yep. So when there's uh, opportunities to make that body uncomfortable, mm-hmm. even if it's a couple of legislators trying to get together, we saw this with the progressive police reform. Yes. You know, it took a, a wide array of people to pass that legislation. And unfortunately, the numbers just weren't there this, this past legislative session. Yeah. But there was some money that was invested I know we're going to be learning more about that. I'm glad the city is doing what they can. But when we think about equity licenses here, Brian, the the city does not have the right to issue equity licenses. That is at a state level. So the Liquor Can Control Board, they have a lot of work to do to bring about equity. I'm glad you guys are going to be tackling it because this is a serious issue.
3: Yeah, this is one of those situations where I'm hoping, uh, at least from the city level, they can put forth some of the pressure that needs to happen on the state for these different changes to happen. You're absolutely right. Liquor and Cannabis Board is the one that hands out the license here. The city is trying to put some pressure on and trying to encourage people who might have some investment dollars in the city to be getting involved with this and helping different uh, owners of color get involved because it's a big story because I think a lot of people, when you talk about change in the legislature, I know it happens gradually, but there's a lot of people getting left behind right now. So what do you do about that? So it's a big issue. Uh, We're going to be covering it, I know, in the months to come, but I'm hoping that the city council can put forward something such that they can put some pressure on the state, at least to try to equalize the situation a little bit better.
2: Well, I want to give a shout out too to Teresa Mosqueda's office. I know that she and her office have been, really kind of leading this at the city level. Again, there's only so much the city can do. Mm -hmm. I do hope the state feels that pressure and begins to make some real change around equity in the cannabis world because like you said, it's billions of dollars and there's many people that are getting pushed out particularly those who were the most impacted by the war on drugs, which did not work, right? So let's just be real about that. We know which communities to invest in. Glad you guys are diving into it tonight. Make sure you look right there, Brian. Tell the folks how they can find you.
3: Sounds good. me me out on twitter at calinan seattle that's where a lot of people get in touch with me about different political issues also make sure you check out seattle news views and brews tonight on converge at seven o'clock Thanks, Trey.
2: Absolutely, as always, Brian. Well, you guys, like I said, I'm so excited. And any time I'm chopping it up with Brian, we could probably go on for a very long time, uh, particularly about these issues. So make sure you guys tune in tonight on Seattle News, Views and Bruce. And coming up next, I got a powerful duo in the building. I'm talking about Isaiah Anderson and Michelle Lang Raymond. They are here to tell us all about acts on stage in the Teen Summer Musical. Stay tuned after this short break, y'all. You're watching The Day with Trey. Cool. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I am your host, Trey Holiday. What a great first segment there with Brian. That greatness is going to continue because I got the first couple on my living room set couch. I got the pleasure to introduce Isaiah and Michelle. What's up, y'all? What's going on, Trey? Oh, my gosh. You guys are phenomenal in everything you do. And I just thank y'all for making the time. I know it's been a busy season. Please, I'll start with you. How has it been shaping up? Because I I heard on the streets, the auditions were fantastic, and it looks like it's moving in a great direction already. Okay,
1: before he jumps in, though, (laughs) I just got to start to say we are so thankful to come here today, and we did peep the new setup and stuff, and I was like, sister got a desk now. She got her own little station, so we brought a flower for you, but your greatness is filling up the table, so I'm just going to put it over here, and I hope we can start a trend. Where if you come to converge with trey that you bring her a little gift bring her something pretty to add to the set so well we welcome you to your new setup oh right
2: thank you so y'all are so family <laughs> i just appreciate that so much thank you and i will gladly accept that addition to our phenomenal set here i'm glad you. y'all are enjoying it uh you know start us off here because you guys have been doing the teen summer musical for years and Every year you guys find a way to revamp these dope stories. Amazing. Tell us, a, yeah, a, a bit about that process kind of behind the scenes.
0: Woo. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the Teen Summer Musical, everyone knows, is was created and designed and, and delivered to us by Steve Sneed and Rico Bimbery years ago. Uh, but in 1997, they were able to start the process of allowing young Black youth to perform on professional stages. and. Um, Years down the road, years down the road, they said, Isaiah, here's the baton, do what you do. Uh, and so myself and the team of individuals who has always made the teen summer musical great, including Michelle Lang Raymond, uh, the one time Darcel Lorraine, Hubbard, like one of my queens, and Danae Simone, and, and all of those great people made this program um, a wonderful, wonderful uh, program in the community. And we are simply continuing that legacy Um, remember that word, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, continuing that legacy this year with uh, The Greatest Story Ever Wove. Uh, Michelle Lang, Raymond, and I have talked about what we wanted the story to be like this year. Uh, I was very adamant about wanting to make sure people didn't forget the great music, the great talent that we had. And so I wanted to do a, hey, let's just do some scenes and songs from past shows. And Michelle was like... How about we talk about a story concerning legacy? And I was like, well, that's what I'm trying to make sure we keep up. Got you. I heard you. I heard (laughs) you. And we've done it. We've done it. We have a story, greatest story ever wove. Uh, It's it's a real positive story about a black woman named Miss Banks, who owns a museum called Legacy Museum and how she in this community is attempting to keep it live and and relevant in a community that's changed. Mm -hmm in a community that has changed. And so we totally take the Teen Summer Musical and its legacy to help uh, recognize and, and, and inform our community of how we continue to make legacy.
2: Well, this is something that's right up my alley. I mean, I'm, I'm already getting goosies as you're just talking. Your face. Yeah, that I'm is. just like, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. first of all, I'm a theater kid. Number right. one, right? I, I mean, I Garfield High School, you know, Langston Hughes, New Black Arts West. I mean, right. you name it. I was auditioning. I mean, I look at these young... I, I'll get emotional today because y'all <laughs> y'all are continuing in something that really cemented my childhood, right? And allowed me to be here where I am today and to take all of that experience Expertise that I learned over the years, and to be able to use it in a way that's impactful to community, I'm always just so honored and humbled and grateful for that. Right, uh, but I, I got to bring it over to you, Michelle, because I have seen you perform lately, so I know <laughs> that these teens are under some great, great expertise. Yeah. In you, tell us a bit about how you you saw the vision to really I- embed legacy in yeah. this year's musical. Yeah, when Isaiah
1: and I were talking about the story that we wanted to tell this year. Um, um, we thought about, which we. I, I love that the Teen Summer Musical and Isaiah always try to make sure that the story that we're telling is contemporary, right? Even if it has, even if it's an old story, it has contemporary notes. And so we thought about like, what does the world look like now that maybe it didn't look like a year ago or two or five or 10? And we're like, you know, this, this notion of cancel culture is really high, really prevalent, right? And we understand that there's, there's a need to hold people and things accountable, But we also looked at that there's just sort of this inclination to cancel things. And we were like, what what but what happens when you cancel things is you don't get to build legacy. You don't get to grow things that are positive for the community because you just keep starting over. Right. Mm -hmm. You just get rid of stuff and you start over. And so part of the reason why legacy was so important in the story that we're telling this year was because Teen Summer Musical was built on top of something before it right? Just like Converge is built on top of something before it. Yeah. And just like Northwest Tap is built on something before it. And just like Langston, you know, what I'm saying so many things in our community that we hold dear are built on something else. And a lot of times people think, oh, that's the first of its kind. And it might be the first of its kind in a way, but something came before it. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to sort of send a message or, or leave a message this year that said, let's honor the things that come before it as we build on what's to come, right? Like we can get angry about a lot of things that happen in our city um, that you got that you and Bill just reported about, or not maybe not angry, but we can be informed about it in such a way that it moves us to want to create change and affect change. But change is not the uh, is not the enemy of progress or le- or building legacy. And how do we do both? Um, in such a way where we honor what's what's been before us, but we also give space for what's to come.
2: Yeah, I think that that is so important. You gotta have a good balance. And I see right. that happening with a lot of community-based organizations right now that are on the ground, just like what you guys are doing, right? It, it's important to realize how do we embrace these changes, but how do we ensure that our history and doesn't our footprint lost. doesn't yeah. get washed away and erased? Yeah. This is exactly why. I mean, I have mentioned it already, but the reunion on union, the the bringing people back to the Central District just to enjoy a meal, share stories and history. Yeah. It was so phenomenal yeah. this year. And it's just when I am there and I'm seeing I had, even last year brought my grandma. Right. And they're making all these connections. Right. Because there's so much legacy. So much rich history. And I know, man, I come from that. I always got to uphold it in everything I do. That's literally why we have this amazing, iconic wall behind us, because we want to be reminded every day of all of these people that were here to make it what it is today. So I love that you guys are doing that. I mean, what are some of the highlights folks can expect from the show this year?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can definitely expect some of those great songs and dances from those, you know, Classic pieces, The Wiz, Snow White, uh, Peter Pan, uh, Uncle Willie's Chocolate Factory. So we are bringing them all back with some flavor to them. And our our music director, uh, Cedric Thomas, is really, really doing a phenomenal job with his team and, and making sure our youth. And for those of you who need to know, you have to know that this is the Teen Summer Musical. This is the essence, this is the heart of, this is the original Teen Summer Musical. In every aspect, we rehearse Monday through Friday, mm. nine to five. Mm. These young people are committed. They, are, they are, have professionals who teach them choreography, music, uh, stage direction, and all of that. We stepped it up a bit further, and now our staff consists of teen summer musical alums. Wow. Every last one of them. Oh
2: my gosh. Yes. You guys, yes. I, I mean, I'm trying to control my goosies, but they're un, they're uncontrollable right now. Uh this is for me is every goosies. Yeah, goop my, my goosies, right? Like they're like oh my gosh, you know, because honestly, it is so exciting. One of the things that I am always working on is establishing pathways for our talent yes. to stay here yes. because we understand like okay, go to that HBCU, okay, young bro, young sis, do that. But then bring that brilliance back you know, I always know that your home is here and that there's a space for your creativity to thrive here. That's something that I love. And I love that you guys are doing that and really opening the door there. Uh, uh, before I let you go, I know it's coming up. I- I'm excited because we're going to have a whole performance. But, Michelle, I want you to make sure that folks know because they can start getting, you know, in their minds when to get these tickets. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can look right there, make sure people know yeah. how to come and enjoy this show.
1: Just let me say, um, Isaiah is so glad that you asked me that question because he hates <laughs> this part of every interview, and that's okay, that's why I'm here. Um, first of all, uh, this year's Teen Summer Musical is being managed by Acts On Stage Theater. It's a theater that Isaiah and I started. Um, and so again, like he said, it's the same Teen Summer Musical, it's just being managed by us in the aftermath or during and in the aftermath of the pandemic, we had to find new ways to continue legacy, yes. you know, even when the world stops. And so um, you can go to our website, it's actsonstage.com, A-C-T-S, onstage.com. But the easiest way to get tickets is just to go to our show slash teen summer musical. Our dot show slash teen summer musical, and all the information you need is there to get you tickets. This is the first year we're doing an in-house performance of twelve shows. We normally do six, five, five. Six. Or one, we normally do one weekend of six shows. Yeah. This is the first time ever uh, that teen summer musical is doing two weekends. Um, for a total of twelve shows, and so there's, a, there's even one show that's a matinee show for community centers, a Friday show at twelve o'clock, because we want the kids who are finally back at their daycares, at their community center, we want those kids to, to to return and come see the show that they've that they've become accustomed to seeing for for twenty twenty five years. Wow. Um, so again, you can just go to our dot show slash teen summer musical, and and the tickets are there, and and we're ready to serve you.
0: And we're back at the legendary, oh, yeah. Langston Hughes Come Performing on. Arts Institute. We are back,
1: right? Yay. And this is the hundredth year. you
0: are selling the fiftieth. Oh,
1: this is the fiftieth year of, of, Langston of Langston Hughes, Hughes. and so we're back. So. Um, we're we're back at a high time for them too. We're back at a legendary legacy moment for them as yes. well. So we're excited. We're so excited about this. We're so excited. We we really are. Like a lot of, you know, Isaiah has told the story so many times about how Teen Summer Musical was birthed because we had so many kids of color, black kids, especially and particularly um, who just were not getting cast in lead roles. Anytime yep. that they would go audition in other communities, because they wanted to have a career or they wanted to try a career in the performing arts, they would essentially get regulated to the ensemble. They would become mm-hmm. a singer and a dancer in the background. And so, Teen Summer Musical was launched because we're like, we have kids who deserve lead roles who shouldn't Absolutely. have to who shouldn't have to prove that they deserve to be Snow White because they don't look like mm-hmm. what you think Snow White should have looked like, or they mm-hmm. don't deserve to. All they look like is the Wiz or Dorothy from the Wiz, because the Wiz is black. But you know what? We have Snow Whites. We have Cinderella's. We have Peter Pan's. And this year we have a whole new cast of characters because this year this show is written by Isaiah. And so um, and so that's why Teen Summer Musical was birthed, because we were like, our kids deserve lead roles. And so that's what we're doing.
2: Oh, my gosh, you guys. Well, OK, we're going to get your goosey. No, because you look because I'm like, oh, we we're going to get a real treat after yeah. this. I want y'all to be able to introduce who, who we're going to be seeing because it's coming on right after the break. We're going right to them. Who is here to perform for us today? No, you.
0: We have, uh, again, some they're teen song musical alums, but they're also teen some musical staff at this point who are college bound, military bound, but they're gifted. And so we're gonna have Trenton Walker. We're gonna have Sydney Cole. And we're gonna have Vashti. Lord, always forget Vashti. But when you hear her sing, you ain't gonna care that she got a last name. You hear me? You are not gonna care, I promise you. Randall. oh Randall,
1: my her oh, parents care there
2: it is <laughs> well you know what as i said you guys we are in for a treat you guys do not want to miss this just stay tuned so we can see three top tier performers give us a little bit of what we can expect for this year's teen summer musical the greatest story ever will stay tuned after this short break y'all you're watching the day with trey all right y'all as promised. I want them to take it away. Listen to these amazing folks from The Greatest Story Ever. told.
4: You can't win by losing who you are. Don't let nothing take your soul. I make this guarantee that nothing you see is worth lying for and cheating for, telling you what I know. You You can't win by losing your soul. I know we don't have much and sometimes I wish that we did just a little more to take away the less. I'd like to see you being a kid. I just wish that we could have fancy clothes. I wish that we could have a shiny car. Yeah, but that would mean less to me than the goodness of your heart. You can win by losing Who you are, don't let nothing take your soul. I make this guarantee that nothing you see is worth lying for and cheating for. I'm telling you what I know, you can't win by losing your soul. You can't win by losing your soul, is it wrong? That I want nice things. Can I long for something that's made special for me? I'm looking at a whole wider world with so much possibilities. I want a little bit, just a little bit for me. You can't win by losing who you are. Don't let nothing take your soul. Nothing take my soul. I guarantee that nothing you see is, is worth lying for and cheating for. I'm telling you what I know. Oh, you can win by losing your soul.
2: soul. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. Hey, fantastic job, y'all. A little bit of tear here Because I'm telling you Amazing Thank you guys so much For gracing us With your amazing talent If y'all don't go over To that website And get your tickets today I'm going to tell you right now It looks like they got Plenty of shows For me to choose from I know I'm going to be there I'm trying to get My Converge family there And this is such a powerful way To end the show today Thank y'all for that Amazing blessing Absolutely. Oh my gosh, you guys. Well, you guys know right here, I want you to be inspired by these guests. Always see yourself as a part of the solution. If these young folks can do it, you can too. Make sure you take that inspiration with you throughout the day. And I can't wait to have you join me tomorrow. We got another amazing, inspiring guest because Trimarco Green is going to be here telling us all about Enlightened Era. We also got another Haru Hill segment. So we're going to keep that healing going for y'all. Haru will also be in the building tomorrow. Make sure you guys stay tuned. And until tomorrow at 11 a.m. <laughs>